Welcome to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're excited you've joined us as we hear what God has to say to us through Scripture and this message from Pastor Paul. Have you ever had a broken bone? Have you ever had stitches? When I was in college, a good friend and I, we were going to play tennis on a Saturday, and I thought, you know, I think I'm pretty good at it. I watch a lot on TV. It's kind of like sleeping at a Holiday Inn. And we're playing this match, and I'm doing my, my best to, to hit it back to him as hard as I can, you know, one of those kind of things. And I'm swinging, and there's a, there's a, a term that you use that's, that's a top spin, trying to put it on it to, to just propel it over the net even harder, which is kind of getting your racket, and when you hit it, you're kind of coming over the ball. That's top spin. So you're kind of flicking the wrist a little bit as you're doing it. And so this was, you know, like 10, 20 or so years ago when I was in college, Things have changed. Um, well, in this particular game we were playing, his return came back to me and it bounced higher than I was expecting. But I still wanted to do the top spin. So I still just flung my racket up and, and got over and, and just flicked my wrist. And that afternoon I had five stitches in my forehead. Yeah, I hit myself with the racket. That's about my prowess on the tennis court. I guess you could say that was kind of boneheaded of me. All right, fine, we'll keep going. <laughs> Just when we needed the drums. So for you, I'm sure many of you have had occasions, broken bones, stitches, surgeries. Well, today we're going to look at healing our wounds, but not the external ones that you can see. I'm talking about the internal, the, the hidden ones. So this is the sermon title. And let me just simply ask, what are the hidden wounds in your life? Are they hurtful recollections? Memories that you would like to keep secret because they hurt so deep? Are there hidden wounds of rejection or abandonment? Have you ever felt like you didn't matter? That someone ridiculed you to a point where you just felt so insecure? Those are the hidden wounds that you don't let people see. You have a beautiful exterior, but on the inside, you're really hurting. And where do those hidden wounds come from in life? From everywhere. You get them in society. Some of you have been wounded in society through prejudice or injustice. Some of you have been wounded by your family or those that you're close to, and those are the ones that perhaps hurt the most. Maybe you were wounded in school by other children, wounded by a friend who betrayed you, workplace, somebody ruined your life. Today, Peter's going to tell us about three keys to healing hidden wounds, those that happen on the inside that we want to just try to keep and, and maintain and deal with on our own. No matter how you've been hurt, how do we deal with those, though? Because there's got to be a healthy way. Now, we've been studying the New Testament letter book of 1 Peter. And we are now starting at chapter 4. So here's how Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, begins this passage. Therefore, since Christ suffered in His body... Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. 
As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in your reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to Him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the Spirit." The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. In verse 1, Peter is telling us, reminding us, that Jesus understands what it means to be hurt. On the day of His crucifixion alone, He had nails driven into His hands and feet. He had repeated stripes across His back from beating after beating. A spear pierced His side, crown of thorns pressed into His head. Jesus also had hidden wounds, the wounds of betrayal and rejection and hatred. So no matter what your hurt, Jesus knows. He says, I've been there. I can relate. I can sympathize. He knows what it's like to be marginalized, mistreated, rejected. So what is Peter's advice for healing hidden wounds? Step number one, he says, is focus on God. From verse 2, Peter says, I'm going to paraphrase this. From now on, live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. He says, get your attention off yourself, off your hurts, and put your attention on God for the rest of your life, regardless of what's happened to you, regardless of the hurt and pain. It doesn't matter as much, Peter is saying, what you've had in the past, as much as it does where your feet are headed right now. So for the rest of your lives, focus on God's will. Now, don't think that I think that's an easy thing to do. Some of your hurts are raw and deep. So this is going to require a mental shift. It's a choice you're going to have to make. Now, you may be sitting there saying, are you telling me to ignore my past? No, of course not. No one can. It's okay to feel the sadness over things that have happened to you that have caused you pain. It's okay to mourn. But there's a big difference between mourning 
and moaning. Mourning says, yeah, I'm really sad. I can be pretty fired up about that incident that hurt me. But moaning says, I'll never get over it. But you see, that's not true. It's really a choice. Whether you choose to get over a hurt. But here's what usually happens. We get stuck in our pain and we can't deal with the present, much less the future. So how do I get unstuck? Well, here's what we're learning from Peter. You focus on the healer, not your hurt. You focus on God. He wants to heal you. And know this. God can bring a positive purpose out of your pain. Somehow, He can even take the bad things that happen to you and bring good out of them. That's just the way that God is. The problem with us is that we tend to forget that God sees everything that we go through. We tend to forget that God knows all about the hurts that you've had. So subconsciously, we hold on to those hurts because we think, well, somebody's got to remember what's happened to me. And we think that if we don't remember it and we don't rehearse it, then that other person's going to get off scot-free. We don't have to worry about that because God does indeed remember. That means you matter to Him. Your pain matters to Him. He feels it and He wants to help you. So yes, you can stop rehearsing the pain because God is going to remember it and take care of it. So let Him settle the score. Nothing slips by the all-watchful eye of God, so let Him remove that bitterness from you. Well, what else then is a result of giving our hidden wounds to God? Listen to this from Romans chapter 15. Paul writes, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So as you're coming to God, as you're trusting in Him, the prayer is, hope, joy, and peace come so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here are three additional benefits of giving your wounds to God. Hope, joy, and peace. Wouldn't you rather live with hope, joy, and peace than misery, resentment, and depression? You and I really do have a choice. So step one is focus on God. Step two is face the future. In verse three, Peter says, you've already spent enough time doing what? Uh, Our translation said pagans. I'm going to just translate that to non-believers. You've already spent enough time in the past doing what non-believers choose to do. He's saying, get in touch then with where you are. He understands that. Okay, this is where I am. This is the hurt. This is what I've gone through. But then he says, move on with your life. Don't keep reliving that pain over and over again. Face reality and then move forward. So, How is it when I focus on my future that my hurts and my pain seem to start fading away? Because there's this universal law that goes into effect, that when you focus on one thing, it tends to diminish everything else that's going on around you. The key is to refocus. 
If you want those hurtful memories to start to fade, then focus your energy, your attention, your heart on God and on your future. Now, you say, well, look, I don't, I don't want to even think about my future. That scares me. Then tell God about it. Do what King David did, and that's this passage from Psalm 34. This poor man called out. This is King David saying this. He's referring to himself. This poor man called out, called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. If you're afraid of the future, tell it to God. God says, cry out to me. That's why David was able to do that. It's about being honest with your feelings, being honest with God. Tell God, I hurt, I'm depressed, I'm afraid, I resent that person. I don't like it a bit what they did to me. Go ahead and pour out your feelings to God. Be honest with God. Why? So that He knows what you're going through? No, because He already knows. Do it for your own sake to get it out. The healing will only take place as you expose those wounds to the love of the Father. But most people, instead of doing this, look for a quick fix when they hurt. Have you noticed when people are in pain, they do almost anything to avoid it? So if you have a painful memory that keeps coming back up, you just go to a bar to forget about it. Or if the stress becomes unbearable, you pop a few pills. Or there's this aching loneliness inside, so you'll settle for a one-night stand. This world only has cheap, temporary fixes to offer. They work for a while. The troubles may fade for a while, but they don't go away. The troubles remain. Because that doesn't get at the real problem. Peter is saying then, don't mask your pain with a quick fix. It's not going to work. It's a waste of time. He says, you've already spent enough time in the past doing what the non-believers choose to do. That's a waste of time because it doesn't take away the pain. Don't think that solves anything. Okay, so focus on God. That's number one. Face your future, that's number two. And third, he says, realize you can't do it by yourself. You'll never fully recover by yourself, but you're not alone in this world. God never meant for you to approach your life with its hurts and all on your own and on your own strength. So we've already talked about how we need God first and foremost. That relationship so vital. But we also need each other. God never meant us to be lone rangers. You'll never fully be healed until you're able to share that hurt with someone. Here's how Peter put it in verse 8. He says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers. What does that mean? It means there is enormous, tremendous, powerful healing in love. 
Love is the antidote to fear and guilt and rejection and resentment. When your life is filled with love, then it doesn't have room for all these other things that have been eating you up inside. God is love. Fill your life with God and the things of God, and you're filled with love. That is the ultimate healing power. And then God gives us the gift of supportive relationships. Again, we need each other. And where is the best place to find supportive relationships? The church. You see, there are some hurts, granted, some hurts that are so painful, have been there for a long time, that a trained Christian counselor will help you. But for the most part, you're going to find the best support in the church, and that's one of the reasons God created the church, is to be a family of supportive relationships. That means the church is not a place where we put each other down. It's not a place where you hear sermons of guilt and no hope. It's not a place where we make fun of each other or judge each other. Instead, as the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10.25, the church is about meeting together and encouraging one another. That's one of the purposes of the church family. Life is tough. We all know that. We all need a boost. And I don't have to remind you that this was a whole lot easier to accomplish four months ago. Just our church alone, you could have participated in any number of small group settings in which to feel supported. Sunday school classes, Bible study groups, children's ministries, a more active youth group, choir, men's and women's groups, etc. A place to belong, a place where people know you by name and, and know when you're not there and they miss you. A place where you can share what's going on and be prayed for. A place where you realize, I'm not in this alone. Now, we're not back to that yet, obviously. We're not back to the full impact of that type of ministry. But hang in there with us. And hang in there with God. He is going to get us through all of this. How do I know? Because that's who God is and that's what God does. He takes our dead ends and brings life. He takes our chaos and brings order. He takes our brokenness and brings healing. My hope and prayer is that you begin to allow God to heal you, to heal your hidden wounds. We all have them. What's yours? What would you like to be healed from? How would you get over it? As Peter tells us, just start. Take the first step. You're already doing a huge thing. You're here or you're online. You're coming before the Lord. And you're allowing Him to engage your heart and to engage your life. Let me pray for us. Father, even right now, there are so many things for which we feel like our, our, our life has been undone. It's unraveling. Raveling, it's coming apart at the seams. And we look at our world, we look at the division in our nation. Truly, God, as Peter has told us, that's still the right thing. 
Your word is true always. Focus on you. We pray, and we pray diligently, that science and medicine find answers to the virus. We pray that the division will be healed among people. And and Lord, truly, that's only going to come as we focus on You, as we truly look to You and realize how You've created us and made every single one of us in Your image. And truly reach out in love. Love that covers a multitude of sins. Love that helps me to quit judging. Love that allows me to release some of those hidden wounds. Thank you for the relationships that you put us in. Or we can be there to encourage one another. Even, Lord, when we can't meet face-to-face as much, we can still stay in touch with each other. We still have ways to reach out, to be a help to those that need it. Thank you for all the churches being a light in a dark world. And may that be us, Lord, your people. And we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We hope you found this message to be encouraging. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and at bhprez.org for more information.